1: And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, I am sitting here in San Francisco in the Salesforce Tower interviewing the fabulous Stephanie Buscemi, as they say in southern Italy, correct?
1: Yes, correct.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Who is the CMO of Salesforce. Stephanie, hi and welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here today. It is great to be here. Oh my God. I remember when this building didn't exist and now I came through the front doors today and before I did, I looked up and holy cow, this is quite an impressive building you got here. It's fantastic, and it's pretty crazy because it's
1: an expression of company values. I don't know if you've made it up there yet, but the very top floor is open to the public, and uh, we give it out to the nonprofits in San Francisco to host events. So wow, we really want to bring the local community into the tower and have them get to experience it, whether it's the views or some of the dining experiences.
0: That is wonderful. I didn't know that. And I know when we were talking before, you had mentioned this, Concept around one one one. So we're going to come back to that uh, because that is so cool. But before we we go into that, why don't we start with you sharing a little bit more about the values of Salesforce and why you decided to take this role on?
1: Yeah, I've been with Salesforce five years. We just had our twenty year anniversary as a company, pretty amazing. And it's always been a values driven organization. When Mark Benioff and co founder Parker Harris founded the company they said, we want this to be a different kind of company. Um, They believed 20 years ago, and we all do today, that business is the greatest platform for change and that businesses need to give back to the communities that they operate within for good. And so the company stood up on a set of core values. The very first and our number one value is trust. Uh, you can imagine 20 years ago when the company was started, the importance of trust. While the product itself was really Salesforce automation, the promise was big. It was asking people to move their data into the cloud. Salesforce as a pioneer in cloud computing, so trust was essential. Really, just establishing the trust that it'll be okay to put your data in the cloud. Flash forward, technology innovation continues as social came on the horizon as we looked at artificial intelligence, it's always been about ensuring that people can feel these technologies are for good and are trusted. So that's been in the DNA of the company from day one. Um, It really is our guiding compass and, and influences every decision we make, small or large. In addition to trust, we have three other core values. Our second core value is customer success. In a SaaS model, it gets you to really understand your customers' value from your products and services. And so we deep believe deeply that if our customers aren't successful, we're not going to be successful. So we're always looking at what's their success out there, what value are they getting from our products and services to better service their customers. And then innovation. At the end of the day, these are a set of technologies and we want to be on the leading edge of whatever new technologies are coming to bear. And we wanna make sure that those technologies are really about accessibility, being accessible to everyone. So I'll give you an example. If you think about artificial intelligence, when we went into the artificial intelligence space, some people said, it's been around for decades, you're joining late. And our belief on it was One, we weren't trying to bring artificial intelligence to cure cancer. Uh, There are others obviously working on those sort of things, but we really wanted to demystify artificial intelligence and make it available to you and me and everyone in our day-to-day work so that we can be more efficient and effective in our work. And that's the path we've gone on. It's about making sure that everyone can leverage AI in their day-to-day jobs and what we're delivering there. And then last, but certainly not least, is equality. We believe in the equality of every human out there. And we see diversity in our customer base and we see diversity in our employee base. And we feel it's our responsibility to lean in and ensure that diversity is reflected and represented in everything around us, in the communities we're in and around the world. So. We, we lean in because it's that's who our customers are, those are who our employees are, and we want to look out for
0: everyone. Wow. Okay, so that is four really good reasons to join a company <laughs> and four really big things that I'd like to go into a little bit more here today because I'm fascinated by each of those buckets. Let me pause for just a second, though, and say on your last point, so starting backwards around equality. I think that's the first time that, you and I really engaged was talking about your initiatives, especially around inclusive marketing, which is really interesting. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about that because I think it's, it's so wonderful that you guys have created a lot of free resources out there for people to understand what inclusive marketing means. But as you and I have been talking, I mean, we both share a passion for inclusivity and equality on the inside. And for that, I'm grateful that you have agreed to and are now a council member for us on our new D&I Council. So I just want to say thank you again. I'm humbled. Thank you. I mean, incredible group of leaders.
1: And I think we're heading into a new era here and thrilled to be a part of those discussions and really finding solutions to break the cycle of inequalities that have happened in marketing and change that.
0: Yeah. And I can't wait. Our first meeting's in a week. So I'm sure we're going to light the world on fire. Okay. So let's talk then, because as you said, solutions, I'm so impressed with your inclusive marketing solution. Would you mind sharing just a little bit more about what that is? And then we'll continue to work backwards through the other three values that we were talking about.
1: Yeah. With equality as a core value to the company, we look across every function, every group at all levels in the company and ask ourselves, what are you doing to support equality? in your role and everything that you do. And marketing was no exception. And so we came together as a marketing organization and and then took stock of everything we're doing and audited everything we're doing and said, could we be doing more? And we all agreed that we could be doing more. And the first thing was making sure that we have diversity reflected in our meetings and in our decision-making. So auditing and checking in and saying, hey, Why would we sit around a table and talk about programs for diversity and inclusion if we don't even have diversity reflected at the table? So making sure that we have that in place, making sure that in all of our recruiting and talent development, that we are ensuring a diverse population. And to elaborate on that, that's not quotas in hiring. That means in interviewing, our interview pools, we've gotten really good about making sure that there's diversity in the interview pools. I always... Kind of commiserate with other marketing leaders out there when it's we know the drill, somebody has open headcount or they need to hire, and usually time's not on your side. And so, what do you do? You call that friend who's down the street that you worked with before. And while that person's probably a great marketer, we do a little bit of musical chairs or have, and we're really trying to break that cycle and make sure that we bring more folks in through the interview process. And it's really proven. For us to show that we get a more diverse set of employees and talents. And we believe that diversity drives innovation. Different mindsets, different perspectives, different thinking are going to bring new ideas, new creativity to the business.
0: So thank you for doing that and having that intentional focus on how to change the talent landscape.
1: Yeah, that's sort of internally Externally, we've now programatized that with our six principles of inclusive marketing. And that's actually something that is available to anyone who is interested, who wants to have better inclusive marketing practices in their organization. It's out on trailhead.com. So anyone with a web browser goes out to trailhead.com. That is our free online learning platform. And we did the six principles of inclusive marketing out there because We looked and said, how can we make sure in all of our marketing communications from events to campaigns to what have you that we're really driving inclusivity in there? And then we framed it under these six steps. All of our marketers have now taken that trail out on trailhead and everyone's living that in the marketing organization day to day. It was really important to us that we didn't make that one person's job or create a a department or a team that did that, we felt that we really needed to make something that that became something that was within the DNA of the marketing team, and it was everyone's responsibility. So everyone has now gone through the six principles of inclusive marketing. It's in all of our workflows in marketing. People are looking at things like tone, where you read something and you're like, what's not right about that? Well, that's the tone. The tone of it isn't... Uh, Correct. We're monitoring tone on things. We're looking at representation. Do we have representation of truly who our customers and prospects are in all of our marketing communications? There's one stat out there that women today are only represented in 34% of consumer advertising, yet we're the largest buyer group. So it's interesting that women still aren't equally represented in all of consumer advertising. Further, that's compounded when then these women are surveyed and said, oh, by the way, and in the advertising that we're in, they're stereotypes. We don't believe that we're accurately reflected. Those visuals, those communications of those women in the advertising doesn't resonate with me. That's not who I am. So that's another part of one of our principles is countering stereotypes. So we're looking at everything we do to say, are we perpetuating? Are we countering? We absolutely want to be countering those stereotypes. And we're making sure we're avoiding cultural appropriation, that we're looking at things and things that are really important to somebody's background, their religion, their beliefs, that um, we're being respectful of that. We're not trivializing that. So The program's been really, really effective for us. It's helped us build better content, better communications. It's helped us catch some things that we didn't realize that maybe we didn't have a close enough eye on. And now we're making that available to
0: others for for use, for feedback. Wow. Okay, so this is... Those six principles are together in a training module that is now available for free online for everyone. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So we're (laughs) going to get that out there. And when we release your podcast, we're going to put a link to that. Um, Cool. So thanks for creating that and sharing that because it's going to have a huge impact with a lot of people. Speaking of a lot of people, if I back up to the, the number three of the four list, customer success, you were talking about all the people you serve. You have a giant ecosystem and... Being able to provide these tools for them, not just as Salesforce, the application that they're using, but Salesforce as their friends, helping them develop their businesses and find the success that you said was critical to them. I mean, tell us about that ecosystem because it's massive, right? It's a massive ecosystem of
1: customers are trailblazers. I mean, these are really global shapers, people who are truly innovators in their organization. These are people going through like personal and professional transformation, working together with us here at Salesforce. We really see them as a reflection of Salesforce and of us all together. And we do a lot of co-creation with the community, with the customers. We strongly believe that solely branded content is not where things are going. That the very best content, the very best product, the very best services are when you co-create together with your customers. And so we look at this group and they want to be engaged every step of the way they want us to bring them closer we have things like our ideas exchange which you could go out and experience yourself and the ideas exchange is really our forum and community to work with all of our customers on how to prioritize product innovation and delivery we have three releases per year Mm -hmm. and Customers go in and we literally have a burn down list where we have everything. The customers are coming in as a community. They're putting the things that they want in the product. They're voting. So we have the wisdom of crowds here coming in and influencing. And we have complete transparency. So they can see exactly how decisions were made about what's coming and which release and why. And the why is usually they've given us the answer. They've they've helped us prioritize. Um, we do that from our products all the way to, we have coming up just around the corners, Dreamforce, our biggest event of the year. Our trailblazers are co-creating the content. They're setting the agenda. They're helping us orchestrate the whole event because we really believe they know what the conversations are that need to be had, and we're here to serve them.
0: Okay, so I think I read the numbers or heard the numbers someplace. places pretty overwhelming something like 171,000 people are coming to Dreamforce.
1: You got it. You wow. got it. Yeah, it's if we hope to see you there. It's pretty amazing. Uh we have from 83 different countries around the world people coming. We have not only customers, we have world leaders, politicians Musicians, celebrities, <laughs> nonprofits, what we're doing work with the SDGs as part of the United Nations. So it's really evolved to something special. It's far more than just a technology conference. There's really conversation around what's business responsibility in
0: the world and how can we all give back in a more meaningful way. I love that. I love that. And it's coming up soon, right? Is it next month? It's in November. November. All right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I, I know all of San Francisco pretty much shuts down because I've lived here for long enough. And especially in the last few years, I mean, you're hoofing it uh, because you can't get anywhere by car during that time. So, but that's okay. It's a takeover for all the right reasons, right? It actually creates um, a
1: couple hundred thousand jobs in San Francisco. Wow. So uh, we really like that it creates the jobs in San Francisco. Uh, whether that's in the hotels and the food service, in uh, ground transportation, it creates a lot of jobs
0: for the city. I love that. Okay, so I want to come back to that too. Geez, I'm I'm conflicted. I uh, I want to talk about trust and the innovation part because you said a lot of interesting things there around technology and the growth of technology. But since you just talked about job creation, let's talk a little bit about one one one. Tell me what that is.
1: So one 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 is a new kind of business model. We've had it in place for 20 years, but it's new in that it's really, at the time, something other companies weren't doing. And it's our policy that 1% of our product, 1% of our revenue, and 1% of our employees' time goes to giving back to nonprofits every year. And this is something that was created when the company was founded with the idea that business should give back and be part of positive social change. Um, Those numbers were small 20 years ago, but if you think about that now, um, we're approaching 40,000 employees, and every employee in the company gets uh, a week off of what's called VTO, volunteer time off. Um, It's as important as your paid vacation time off, and that's your time to go and and give back to whatever nonprofit that's of interest to you. We have a really rich program around that. We help coordinate with hundreds of thousands of nonprofits around the globe. So we help employees partner with the things that are of interest to them. But that's permission that the company has given for 20 years to employees to go do that because we believe it's our responsibility to do that. And honestly, Every employee comes back richer and better for it. Just getting other perspectives, the thinking, the energy it infuses back into their work. We feel like the one 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 model has really taken off and that I don't have the exact stat, but I think we're over 8,000 other companies that we've gone out to that have now adopted that model in their, in their own company. Uh, so we believe that we're on to something with that. And given the size of Salesforce now and our growth,
0: those numbers we can really impact and what we're giving back to the nonprofit community. Okay. So again, thanks for for setting that pace for lots of other companies to follow. So (laughs) that's wonderful. Um, And you, you mentioned given how big you are, how big is Salesforce?
1: Well, we're approaching about 40,000 employees now. And we are publicly traded companies. So out there approaching 16 billion in revenue this year. So it's been uh, quite a run of growth and innovation for the company. And we continue to make the priority being about leveraging and innovating
0: together with the customer. I love it. I love it. Okay. And you'd said earlier, balancing the head and the heart. How did you even start thinking about this and preparing to lead one of the world's largest technology companies on the planet?
1: Uh, Well, thank you. I, I, I do look at it as balancing head and heart. I think we are in the midst of this data explosion. We have more data at our fingertips as marketers, whether that's B2C or B2B, than we've ever had before. And so I think on sort of the head side of it, there's a real opportunity to be more data-driven and that everyone is data-proficient and can have access to that data and know how to use it in meaningful way to get meaningful insights, to create better experiences for their customers, consumers, their patients, their shoppers, whatever your industry is, whatever your business is. That said, the heart side of it is you could have all that information and know what someone wants, but the heart is people want to work with companies that they trust and value. And so you could have all the data and have the right message but if somebody doesn't trust your brand, you're not, not going to be breakthrough. You're not going to be able to work with them. And so I think the heart is really about demonstrating what your values are as a company. And each company's values vary and different. But I think every company out there right now is going to have to really do some soul searching and say, what are our core values as a company? And then through their actions, stress test them. Mm -hmm. to say, wow, is that hard for us to do? Maybe that's not really what we, we we might say that's our value, but are we really operating that way? And so that's how I think about the head and heart of marketing is, uh, at the heart is what do you value? What are you really all about? People want to work with purpose-driven brands. That's becoming increasingly important. We do our annual Salesforce research, our consumer trends report, and 92% of the consumers out there, and this is a global study, many thousands across many, many countries, uh, 92% said they want to work with the brands, products and services that they can trust. I believe that's the new battleground. It isn't going to be just enough to have a good product or service. People are going to evaluate you based on your values and what you're doing and what your purpose
0: is as a company. Yeah. hundred percent agreed. And, uh, When I think about where you started, you mentioned you started in radio. How did you go from radio to tech? So uh, I started actually
1: in radio and television. I was focused on getting into broadcast journalism, but I was originally from the Bay Area. And so being a, a Bay Area gal, I made my way back to the Bay Area and you can't be here and not be in tech. I mean, you're in the heart of the Silicon Valley. Uh, I had grown up around tech around me uh, with my parents and their work and really passionate that I could marry my love for storytelling and demystify tech because everyone was sort of, you know, at times tech can be seen as sterile and you have to have a degree in computer science. And I thought, this is really powerful. I can take my love for storytelling and narratives and help tell the story of how tech can make lives better and demystify it that you don't need some science degree, that we can have a conversation about how you and me and all of us are going to benefit from this. So that that's
0: how I got here. Wow. Yeah. And, and I like the demystifying and the humanization of tech for everyone. So I'm stealing your words because when we were talking earlier, I said, wow, we haven't even begun recording, and you've given me two p- potential competing headlines already.
1: You know, I, coming from, you know, not having a computer science degree, coming from a, a background in radio and television, when I when I came back to the Bay Area and said, you know, I really want to make my career here in tech, and I want to be on the marketing side, at first I was somewhat apologetic that I didn't have a degree in computer science, and I think earlier, maybe younger, not having as much confidence, building that in my career, I would apologize for it. And then I realized it was an asset. If this is too hard, that my mom, my sister, my family member, that every that you and me and all of us can't understand the value of it, uh, then it's really not going to sustain. And so I, I sort of, flipped my thinking and gave myself permission to say, when you're in a meeting with product managers and with engineers and developers, really challenge them to tease out and and synthesize then what is the essence of what this innovation can do and really put it into use cases and contextualize it for a salesperson, a marketer, a service person. Like, why should I care about AI? Why should I care about blockchain? And, and there'll be another technology coming soon enough. Uh, and that, to me, you probably can tell right now, it energizes me. I, I love being at the epicenter of those new technology innovations and figuring out how to present the value to every business person out there.
0: Okay. Well, um, man, I could talk to you all day <laughs> about all kinds of things, and I've got time for just one or two more questions. Tell me a little bit about how you're thinking about – the role of AI on your team as an augment or a supplement to the people on your team?
1: Yeah. So AI already is really powerful for us as we're creating personalized experiences for so many different customer segments. So as we have information on our customers and we bring that into a single view, AI does two things. One, AI gives us insights on what are the things that you're going to like and want based on your interest and is able to do that at a scale that would be really hard for an individual marketer to do or a team of marketers. It's able, because we have this data explosion upon us, it's able to get across a huge amount of information in near real time uh, and give us those insights to help tell us what is going to be the next best action. What is the right thing for you? And we're all starting to experience that in our consumer lives. And we expect that now in B2B. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a minute, I can go book my travel, get suggestions on a restaurant for dinner, what hotel with my family. And then I come into B2B and it's in some cases archaic and it's like, no, that's not acceptable. I, I want that same experience. The lines are blurring between B2B to C and they need to be completely blurred. And so we're making the marketers way more effective and that we're giving them insights. Um, We're enabling them to have better recommendations on next best action to create those personalized experiences. And with AI, we're able to automate, in some cases, what the next best action
0: is, which makes it more efficient. Okay, unfortunately, my last question, if you were not a CMO... And you had all the talent and all the money in the world at your disposal. What would you be doing? It would be tied to storytelling,
1: whether that's writing stories or in acting story, theater and stories. I mean, I I just I love the whole process of figuring out what is the story? How does that how do you tell that story? How do you unfold that? And bringing all the people together to orchestrate that narrative and surprising, delighting um, your audiences. That's, that's my passion. And so if I wasn't doing it here, I'd be doing it somewhere
0: else. (laughs) All righty. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate having you on CMO Moves and thanks for the invite to your beautiful building. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well.